your host, Charlie Brown. Joined by his co-host, Sean, a.k.a. Sloyd Butler. Famous words to the baby kids. We don't die, we multiply. And this is exactly what we're doing over here at Thin Line Between Sports. I hate with every episode. And welcome back. And I'm your host, Charlie Brown. And I'm joined by the pleasant and the unpleasant co-host. Well, state your name, gangster. What's good, family? Sloy Butler back again. And we are back. And packed, as usual. You know, um, we had a lot of things popping. We had the All-Star break. Um, teams are just coming back. Um, we see that uh, the Patriots owner is still celebrating that Super Bowl win, and um, we seen hey, football. First. Where we seen football isn't his, isn't his only craft. <laughs> Get what I'm saying? <laughs> and we will definitely have to speak about that. You know, um, he's touching a different type of pigskin, Mr. Robert Kraft of the Patriots, and. Um, you know, a few other things we want to talk about. Zion Williamson. We definitely want to talk some college sports on this episode. Definitely got to talk about the LSU boys. I told you, look out for Ooh, them. man, they are coming. Actually, um, you know, I was looking at the um, the AP polls, and um, they have a ranked number six, if I'm not mistaken, uh, number seven. I thought they should have been in the top five, actually, to be real with you, especially with Michigan State now losing um, um, Nick Ward with the broken hand. Yeah, we just so, knocked off Tennessee today, so I, I feel like we're going to go top five after knocking out Tennessee. Oh, it should. Yeah, LSU, man, is going to be scary come time to dance, man. But um, first things first, the all-star recap, man. And um, you know what's crazy, man? It's, um, the all-star weekend, I wouldn't even say the weekend. Well, parts of parts of the weekend has become so repetitive. It's almost like... um. The baseball all-star weekend where you know the home run derby is just it's just the same thing and i felt the, that same way with the slam dunk contest but i was a little more enthused to watch it this year because you as you know did smith jr is now a nick and uh i like diallo so i wanted to see how they gonna do i wanted to see how it was gonna happen but before we get into that though man I, what do you think about the All-Star game on All-Star weekend as a whole? You think that is dying down or you think it still has the same flair it always had, you know, when we were watching it as a kid or we just getting older? I think they need a better creative director because when we were growing up in the 90s, you know, it had more flash about it. You know, it was more exciting to see players on the sideline with cameras and stuff like that. You mm-hmm, know, you got mm-hmm. Shaq and Grenade with the cameras. <laughs> That's the first they, image I thought. <laughs> they medallions and stuff like that, you know, and just branding. You know, you had Shaq, uh, all-star game, bringing out his shoe. You know, just I, I don't feel like it's, it's more, it's not as animated. It's not as, um, I guess, like self-motivated driven anymore. It's kind of like we're doing it for the league. We're not doing it for ourselves. And I feel like any uh, weekend, like All-Star Weekend, Home Run Derby, even with the Pro Bowl for NFL, that's all for the players, the individuals. So it's like you, you got to get more to more individuality. 
they're doing a team picking and stuff like that. That's cool to me, but I feel like those teams should add a little bit of flair. Who says you have to, you know, have the biggest logo of your team on there? Why you can't, you know, have like your nickname or something like that? Remember they did the nickname jerseys in the league for a while. Yeah, that was. Why we can't have Greek Freak on the back of Giannis jersey or the King or something like that behind LeBron jersey? Things like that, where you can go only purchase these things during that weekend. I think that will bring in, you know, more of a younger fan base, and you bring in like the social media people and stuff like that. You know, they may be able to go to the practice or something like that when they're shooting around and shoot a skit with few of the players. Uh, No, I think I think they still have that. I think you still. I mean, but it's 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 not it's not as it's not broadcast as much though. Like no, that it, it was a few several years back. Yeah, that you still yeah, but it's show like it. it's like like you said, it seemed like it's dying down, and the slam dunk contests are just boring. Now. I mean, it's the same repetitive dunks. Nobody's doing nothing exciting. They got guys who don't even play uh, professional basketball that pull off better dunks than most of these mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Preach it, my brother. Preach it. Um. That's, that's very interesting, man. You you, you said you said it all. <laughs> what to um piggyback off of that? Yeah, um, the creativity part. You're 100 percent right. It's shown in the slam dunk contest. Um, this year a plane was brought out, a little airplane, and um, I first thought after the car, like okay, jumping over things, jumping over people's fine, but as you can see, to me, and I, and this has always been my thing. I'm very harsh. Because I go, oh, I go with the syllabus, go with the curriculum, how they judge it. And when you're jumping over somebody, I don't want to see your hand touching them. I want to see you clearly leap them. And like you said, there are dunkers. If you anybody has ever watched Dunkings, you can watch that last year um, on YouTube. A few highlights. Um, that Play, was sh- white people like that. You yeah, know, that was the Shaq oh, show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamario Moon before he Moon. made it to the NBA, he was one of those like N one type of dunkers. So yeah, you, know, you got to think about those type of players. That's how he actually made it to the league because he had a crazy dunking ability. Yeah, well, he, Jamario Moon, his hops was phenomenal. But yeah, another guy, Shomar Swift type, wasn't gonna last long. But um, these yeah, these guys, they're not. I mean, the last good slam dunk contest I really liked. I love when um Oladipo pulled out what was it the uh um the five what the five twenty I mean the seven twenty or whatever the five forty or whatever that was that yeah, was, was awesome still, that with was the, awesome. With the, um with the Wakanda mask on the Black Panther mask so yeah I mean that was creative it was dope that you had you had um the actor sitting you know courtside and he was he was one that you know presented him the mask so it was like you know passing which was a, another cool a thing to a yeah. king type of thing. So yeah, I respect two African dudes. That was really cool. Very creative. One before very... that, that was pretty dope. Was the Gerald Green blowing out the candle and dunking it? That was oh crazy. yeah, definitely. Ah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, because as you said, repetitive. Diallo, he pulled out the uh, the Superman. He ripped it all. Superman jersey he had on the, under him. How many it's times? Only one seen... Superman. It was Shaq, man. Shaq, yeah. Stop the Superman. Dwight did it. He another you superhero. Know... Dwight has done it. Uh, I forgot who else has done it. And now Why nobody trying to be Captain America or even like what if somebody came out with a Joker mask on and did a crazy dunk that we wouldn't imagine? Mm-hmm. It that just laughed. Because I mean, yeah, we all know the Joker is like one of those mysterious type of comic characters and Heath Ledger, rest in peace, you know, he made that even more of a big, you know, Monica. If you look at the movies and stuff like that, it's, it's getting more Marvel and, you know, all these different type of... Uh, yeah, and- Bad. Yeah, they, so like, why not no DC love. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. Something, you know, uh, another reason I like Victor Oladipo because that was a dunk I was seeing on YouTube a lot. Guys were pulling off his street ball. And I feel if you're in the NBA, top athlete, top of the top, cream of the crop, 
there's no way I should be seeing dudes in the street pulling off dunks way better. Not just better to me. Way better. That dunk that um that that um cool white boy does, man, that nasty dunk yeah, he, does, that, where that, he that, jumps that over people he doesn't look and he dabs at the end. His yeah. hops are phenomenal. That man to and me he looked like he, he he looked like he bagged uh Paper bags at uh Kroger or something like that. Like, C-Town dude, or something like, like that. Like, yeah, for real, yo. Like, like, you can see like him with the athlete. Walmart vest on. He does it, but right. his hops are phenomenal. His creativity is good. Um, I forgot is that referee. Um, I've seen better dunks. Um, I don't know if you've seen him on YouTube. I forgot his name. There's a high school teacher who who be and that referee who just be pulling out dunks oh, out of nowhere. Shit. That was crazy with the ref when I saw that. You said, well, yeah, with the like, East Bay. That's, that's what I'm saying. And these guys are killing. And that's, so that's, he doing he doing that. He's like, doing that. His ref, yo, Nikes and stuff like that. Like you know, coaches. <laughs> There's some ankle breakers. He wears some Steph Curry's things that if he lands wrong, that's his ankle over. Ease. No problem. Got to do multiple repetitions. Like Dennis Smith Jr. pissed me off with having to do the same dunk over and over, and they still oh, ain't giving him a high score. Can I just say, um, looks like there might be a Nick curse with. With Nick guards going into the slam dunk contest because as we seen Nate Robinson, I mean, that was yeah, really I, what I, I think Nate got robbed though. I think Nate got robbed. Uh, Nate, Nate had way more uh, attempts than Dennis Smith Jr. My goodness. Yeah, he did, but I think Nate had <laughs> flair in the dunk contest. The only reason I say he had two twelve foot goals. The only reason, yeah, yeah, the only reason I say he would have gotten robbed is because the white slash dunk was a dunk. It was a glorified layup. He couldn't. He tried to do that. Um, what he put the cape on. Go from the like three point line, which we all knew was bullcrap. Jumped really high, just threw the ball in the rim, and he counted it as a dunk. And I was like, "What?" And that's for me. I was it, like, it, it "That's was enough." Creative, but slam. it wasn't at the same time. That's what it, I didn't like about it. it. It wasn't a dunk. I mean, if, to me, it wasn't. If the ball went to the rim, you count that as an attempt because it went in the rim, and you give him a low score. Um, I, or I don't, even score, I would have gave him a forty or uh, you know thirty seven or something like that. Like it was dope, but. Don't go crazy with it. Yeah, there's been years where guys who I would say miss the dunk. The next uh, few attempts, they actually get the dunk. Um, a la Jason Richardson, the year him and Fred Jones went at it. I didn't think Fred Jones did enough to win. Yeah, that 360 was cool. Was he leaned I thought that was all the way back. That one dunk count and be the dunk contest. But Jay, Jay Rich, even though he missed, when he finally did that between the leg, East Bay switch hand, I yeah. thought oh, that gosh. was... I was it, and I and I'm, to me, I'm sorry that don't. If you going off of creativity, versatility, difficulty, that was way harder to. And to me, Fred Jones didn't even get up there as high. Jay Rich Hops was really underrated and phenomenal. I'm sorry, yeah, they definitely were underrated. He he he. I like I, I told you, it's Vince Carter and him. When I think about most athletic like dunks that you've seen since like. And Jay Rich wasn't Forever. that tall and long, real tall. Yeah, Jay, Jay Rich Jay was Rich like was six six five, but we all know. Yeah, real, exactly. Had, yeah, exactly. Like um, VC, you know, was a little. He had some height on him, you know. But still, nevertheless, VC, um, the only man I say, you know, the only man I've actually seen clear a human body and not actually touch him in the middle of a game. So that's what pissed me off when I see these dudes jumping over the shack. People and the tapping them and, like and touching their he shoulders. He jumped over a seventy three dude who was supposed to get drafted. He didn't even get to get called in a draft. That's how nasty the dunk was. Ended his career before he could even get drafted. And the sad part is, man, I tell you, man, it goes to show what happens when you have hair. That was VC girl trying to grow out the little fade. <laughs> he had the he had the fro going. Yeah, he put it, it on. It, 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 it put that extra bounce over him to clear a grown man. 
with ease. So I'm gonna tell. So I'm gonna ask you this, man. This gonna get down to the question, man. Name me your top five dunkers of all time, bro. As I like this spliff. As I exhale my spliff, I will say <laughs> top five dunkers of all time. I'm gonna go five to one so I can build it up for the people. Mm. Um, number five, I gotta give it to. And this is my order. You know, everybody has their own order. MJ's my number five, mm. which was, I mean, the most iconic dunks that you've seen. I mean, he created a logo from jumping from the line. Uh, what year was that in? What was that, 80, 88? 88, 87. One of those years, he uh, pulled off his actual logo dunk, what he's forever branded for. Now, what he really, I feel like, should sell to the NBA because the NBA logo should not be Jerry West. But that's a whole other story. Um my number four is going to be, ah oh, man, how do I how do I do this? Uh, I say Sean Kemp. I say Sean Kemp's my number four. I just feel like what I wanted to see in Dominique. You know, looking back at videos, you know, I'm born in '92, so like I actually was able to see Sean Kemp dunks on TV. You know, catch different games and stuff like that. So. When I seen him pull off some of these dunks in game, I'm like, Ooh. that's a grown man that just basically cocked his arm to the dunk that LeBron is famous for. Nobody really paid attention, but that that Sean Kemp main dunk where he dunked on, I forget the guy's name, and pointed at him. That dunk. Oh that yeah, LeBron we did the double point. Yeah, was that? I don't think that was Kenny like the Sky. I think that was Kenny the Sky Walker from the Knicks because he posterized the shit out of him. Yeah, I think that was my man Kenny, who was also. Uh, uh, listen, when you had the name know. Skywalker, when you got the name Skywalker, Kenny Skywalker was another phenomenal dunker. I mean, video games, for the still, Knicks. video games are still using his dunks like as, as a package that you can pick on a, you know, a player. So when you see that, you, you know, just different like kids and stuff like that. When they dunk, don't even know, know, that, know him. Yeah, people don't even mention that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you got a name like Skywalker, man, and listen, he was one of those to me um, – what we have now, he's one of those six nine long guys, kind of like Pippen. But Pippen ain't had the hop Skywalker had. Yeah, I mean, and also if we think about a long <laughs> guy like that, I gotta you know send condolences, R.I.P. to uh, John Howard Williams. Howard, oh yeah, that's what definitely getting up in the air, long arms and will put you in the rim. Jump with him, he's gonna finish yeah, him. It was, and it was over. It was yeah. over, man. Tell me who you got number three, man. I'm interested in this number for, three. More. For my number three, um, this part was kind of hard because I'm I'm still thinking about like. Going, I'm, I'm going back on our previous conversation because what I said before, I I, I don't really want to stand with it. No, I feel like my number three dunker is a sleeper dunker, and the reason mm. I said a sleeper because he pulled off nice dunks, but I think the dunks that he pulled off that mattered were what we can look back on and say he wasn't the most athletic, he wasn't the fastest, but he still could somehow put you in the rim. And my number three is going to be my go-to guy's cousin, Tracy McGrady. McGrady? Ooh, that's that's a nice one. Did he ever? Oh, my gosh. And I got to do that for Houston, you know. You know, shouts to Houston. You know, Mr. McGrady, you did a lot for the city. But that dunk was so phenomenal. I I think I was probably in middle school when he pulled that dunk off. So when I'm seeing this live, you got to understand how a kid is seeing this dunk. So when you're reacting to somebody, you know the guy that's playing center, they're saying he's seven one, seven three. And Tracy McGrady, he's not really the most athletic. He's like he was James Harden before James Harden with a filthier with a silkier game, shall I say. He wasn't he you know wasn't what? athletic. He wasn't, you, you know, 
I, like, he didn't I, have like a crazy crossover. He he had a real, um, I guess just thorough, clean game. He had like an old man's game. And for him to just jump up baseline and put a seven one seven three guy in the rim, and basically end his career too, that's ridiculous. I gotta throw him on there just for that dunk and just some of the dunks he pulled off while he was in Toronto with his cousin, you know, doing some crazy things. My number two, we were just um pretty much mentioning him, but Jay Rich. I say Jay Rich because the dunks he pulled off were dunks that you wouldn't expect somebody to do at his size. Especially back mm-hmm. then, like, you know, I think he inspired a lot of, you know, different dunkers. Maybe you look at, like, uh, Kevin Johnson or somebody like that before him that was around that height that had that type of ability. But I think because he was always known as, like, a, a shooter, for him to be able to dunk the way he did and, you know, get into the dunk contests and have in-game dunks, you know, crazy windmills or even a dunk that Kobe loves to do, that that came from Jay Rich, in my opinion, where Kobe does the, the tuck under and go from one side of the rim to the other side of the rim. That's a Jay Rich move. Mm. So when I think about, you know, great dunkers, I think about what did you add to, you know, the game? Did you inspire something? You know, and mm. my number one, I think he inspired a, a whole nother culture. If you look at uh, Mr. Dennis Smith Jr. the other night, he thought he was Vince Carter the way he flew from the dotted line and cocked it back and boomed it. Made sure that was a beautiful dunk. To get in the picture. That's some Vince Carter <laughs> stuff. Vince Carter looking dead in your face saying I'm about to dunk on you. Uh, Shouts out to Alonzo uh, Mourning. We love you, but you know he bounced Ooh. off you and dunked on you and made you run into the crowd and look for your wife to say, "Do I still should, should I still be playing basketball right now?" That's how you felt that early, and that's that showed me right there that Vince Carter was more than just a flashy dunker. He probably has the best hang time in basketball history. I wouldn't even say just NBA history, basketball history. The way the guy was able to hang in the air and pull off some of even those yeah. And the way he was able to pull off the 360 and the slam dunk that he was known for, he got higher as he spent. Most people, when you jump, you're spinning on the way down. How yeah. are you spinning up and finishing you, the dunk? You know so, what? I, w- I would say not to cut him, and this is why he, sometimes I tell people you got to put him at number one. Him and Sean Kemp, I actually fight, uh, I argue with because I've never seen two big men that could 360 so fluid. Like, they look like somebody just spent them like a top. When you say big men, you got to look at, like, for the fans. Well, for the fans, because what you're trying to say, height-wise to the average human being, they're big men. Broad shoulders, over 6'6". You know, yes. these yep. long arms, you know, they, they don't, they have a lean, like, stature. It's not like they're just big, like, they're uh, brolic or something like that. They're brolic, but they're also, like, lanky. So for these dudes to pull off 360s, you got to understand how much hang time it takes to do a 360 mm-hmm. and spin mm-hmm. up because you're not doing it's, it on the downside. You're doing it as you're going up. So Only the best way dunkers are the ones I've seen actually do it like that. The best way to describe that would be a long arm guy and a short arm guy doing pull-ups. The short arm guy is most likely going to do more because you know what? It's a shorter route. The long arm guy is going to have to uh, struggle more, use more energy because you know what? It's longer to get there. Same thing for a guy to go who is six eight, six nine with long arms to spin, reach around his back, grab it, and bring that arm up there and still be up there with the rim is amazing. Yeah. Um I that that's a that's a that's a very, very good list. I mean, uh, I mean you you're a little bit older than me. I know I know your list may be different, you know. Just just not too much, honestly, to be real with you. The only thing is, be real, a lot of people will be uh, crazy because I, I fought with this. Um, I didn't put MJ in my top five. I can respect it. 
Uh, a lot of people might be um, um number five because I'm going based off um you know MJ did do a lot of posters he did but even he said that at the like at the time he turned like 27 20, he stopped that the one the one, smart man to preserve his body which is true but I think that's what made him a good dunker as well knowing when it's time to do other things oh no it it, it does but don't I didn't say they stop posterizing two plus we can definitely say they changed their game they, I mean Vince Carter's forty something he's still dunking but he's not trying to dunk on you. You know, uh, yeah, unless unless he's feeling good that night, that blue pill kicking in like Robert Kraft, you know, <laughs> in Florida. But um, number five, I got Steve Francis. He had to me one of the best. Um, that was one of the best slam dunk contests I've ever seen. He was in there in two thousand uh two, I believe it was. And Stevie went off. Stevie short. I thought comparing comparing him to Spud Webb, I thought he had more hang time than Spud. And I thought his hops were just a little high, and some of the dunks he were doing in his slam dunk contest was amazing. And um, indeed, for, even in game, in game dunks. Were yeah, I was about to say before that tendonitis kicked in. Um, Stevie, Stevie put it on you something bad, man. <laughs> Stevie put it on you something bad, bro. Number four, I struggled with man, but ah oh, man, I just feel like. I'm ah uh, man, he's in there. He's in my top. He's in my top four. But I just got to put him. I'm going number four, Jay Rich. Number four mm-hmm. is Jay Rich. Yeah, as you know, same reasons love Jay Rich. Um, to me, when it comes to the East Bay, a lot of people don't understand that dunk that is between the legs. Um, he mastered that because he took it to a whole new level. He took it to the. I never forget him and Desmond Mason, boy. Woo, him and Desmond Mason. A lot of people don't know who Desmond Mason is either. Go That's sad. Up, yeah. <laughs> that is sad. Honorable mention right there. Desmond Mason. Look him up. Started out with Seattle Supersonics into his, his um peak Milwaukee. career, at least with Milwaukee. Yep. But we're still putting it down on people. Um but yeah, Jay Rich. Um that between the leg, the spinning, switch on the other hand, remarkable. Um his windmill is the only one that to me. Is very similar to Dominique, same way um, Kemp and Vince Carter, 360, very, very you similar. You wouldn't say that Vince's windmill is not similar to Dominique because the way he winds it up and the length of his arm? The, the power. Dominique windmill with power, and that's what Jay Rich true, does. True, I can give you that because <clears> you know, DC is more, more finesse. Exactamente. Yeah. He's more, if, his, if Clyde Drexler had windmill more, because, you know, Clyde, to me, is the only one under VC that has, like, Remarkable hang time besides him and Irvin, Julius Irvin. Of course, um, the doctor. All day. Um, definitely, yeah, Jay Rich is, is, is number four. Number three, though, is right behind him is Sean Kemp. And is I'm picking him because the play that's running in my head right now over and over is when he went baseline, ducked under, and still ducked under one, one defender and yammed it on another one. And still was up there. I mean, Jesus. Some people Christ. look like they're on trampolines. <laughs> like, you know how you jump on a trampoline? You're high. It's like he oh, jumped up man. and he jumped on another trampoline to finish. But and somehow still ducked his body. I, I don't understand that either. And the dunk, what you're talking about, what he pointed, is when he caught my man, Kenny the Skywalker. Kenny thought he had that block. And Kenny is, is long arms. You you would think Jesus, he would have had that block. But, no, nah, Sean Kemp had something else. And, like I said, his 360. He was disrespectful. 
He was. Sean Kemp was looking to throw it down on you every freaking I wish, time. I wish, John, I wish, I wish Sean Kemp played in this era. Like, if I could throw Blake Griffin from back in that era. Oh, could, man. This era, oh, God. Off oh, of dunks alone, he's putting up 28 points. You see this man have, you know, 18. If we think about it. Two points. That's 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 where Zion needs to be trying to mimic because he's mm, going to play the ball. Now that I think about it, that's a not very, to go too far, well, you know. Just that, to no, just no, no. That's to, a no, no. That is a very good comparison because um, Sean Kemp was a big guy, yeah, especially for back in that is. day. Yeah, Sean Kemp was a very big guy, strong, and I mean, incredible, incredible athlete. Looks like Godzilla, but still, incredible athlete. They are very similar, very similar. Um, that's actually a very good comparison. I like that. That's somebody he should actually somewhat mimic his game after because he can do it better. Yeah. He's more, <clears throat> he's more athletic than Sean Kemp, and which he is can all, he has crazy more tools to say. nowadays to keep his body healthy, <coughs> so he can still be able to dunk. He may not be dunking on people like flying over people when he's in his tenth or twelfth year, but I feel like he'll still be able to get up. You throw an alley, yeah, somebody. He's oh yeah, he's the get. Get out, get out the lane. Well, you say, I remember when Sean Kemp even gained the weight and he was in Portland coming off the bench. He was still catching alleys because his athleticism. Exactly. Sometimes, you know, Eddie Curry, even when he gained the weight, was still, they said, grab it. I remember when um, the Knicks were talking about him when they had him and he was in practice. They say he was still grabbing quarters off the backboard. So, you know, that's, that's just going to show, show you, man, the freak of natures that they have out there, but you just don't keep, take care of your body. It was um, a different lifestyle back then. You know, you got like I said, it's more, it's more out here now. That cook crap. <laughs> <laughs> that they, cook crap. That that and the chocolate tie had. You know, guys, shout out to Sean Kim, man. We know you love the Mary. I wish you would have invested, man. Yeah, you should have been more than Mary, not the crack. But um, on the number two, <laughs> number two, man. Um, it's the human highlight reel, boy. It's got to be Dominique Wilkins, man. And um, to be honest with you. I argue, you know, I might switch, you know, depending on what day it is, because the only reason I will put him <coughs> over VD, and, uh, and I'm going to say this right now, he has two slam dunk titles. Nobody, dunkers, I, don't, I don't think anybody of, has more than him. Out of the dunkers we're talking about, and he's entered, I think, three slam dunk contests. Um, the top dunkers we're talking about, I don't think has entered more uh Jay Rich is the only other one that's entered that's entered um multiple and Dennis Smith Jr. But he, we didn't say him on the list or Nate. But a lot of the winners, um, they don't come back, which is weird because you think about Isaiah Ryder, Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, you know, these guys like Fred MJ, Jones. Dominic. And well, MJ entered it um twice as well. So we can't say that he only won once. So he did go in twice. Some guys only went in once, and that's it. Yeah. You know, so it was a real struggle with that. But, listen, man, dumping I mean, over that seven. most of we count the ABA, right? Yeah, um, shoot, that was one of the best ones with him and David Thompson. Was right, that's the why first I one. out there because of David Thompson. David Thompson was a uh, was freakish athlete. Nobody in 1978 had a 44-inch vert. <laughs> Crazy, right? He had a 40. I honestly, it, be real with you. You know, listen. I'm we on this show. We do no bias. Um, kids, if, if you never seen that slam dunk contest, please go back back and watch it. I honestly think David Thompson won. I, I honestly I thought he did, especially if I was a person who was back then uh, thinking. Listen, he didn't have 
the um the pterodactyl wingspan that Dr. J had. You know, that's what made Dr. J was a showman. If you, if you understand what that is about basketball, he was. Like, oh yeah, people. Yeah, that's what that, hundred percent look so nice. A hundred percent, and but his two reasons I'm gonna say one, he didn't have the phenomenal hops Thompson had nowhere. Definitely. Um, he had honestly, better hang time, but he he didn't have better hop, but like a better vertical. This hang time is wicked. His hang time was better because I mean, one of his got, best layups I like was when he was on one side of the rim, jumped up. I didn't move, but it had enough time to switch his arm and go up around the other side of the rim there. I said, Jesus Christ, my wingspan. But another reason I say his foot, because he had big feet, was over the line. It wasn't a foul line. People said, oh, the foul. It wasn't a foul line. MJ was more the foul line. <laughs> that was the I foul mean, line. I mean, you know, most people say if you touch it, that's foul line. If your heel touch it or something like that, or, you know. Man, you listen, man. I take it like it's a three point shot. If your heel is or anything of your foot is touching that line, that is not a three point shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That is a two pointer. I I believe it as that. And that's no shade to Dr. J. He's another one of just thinking. I mean, just we want to talk about the free throw line dunk. Like, think about if Mike would have missed any of those dunks, we probably wouldn't have known this MJ. You got to think about how far a man's jumping, jumping from the real free throw mm-hmm. line, and mm-hmm. then finishing a the dunk. Because the nine that played back in my head, he did a pump to actually make the end of the dunk. That's what gave dunk, him No, he did, which was, was great. Beautiful. That's what saved and, the hang time for him. Like, and that's what Dominique knew he, he lost. He probably would have missed the dunk. Dominique knew he lost, man. Um, uh, also, but also, too, you know, that's interesting as you say that. You know, he made that dunk. Guys, you know, him and Neek were making dunks first attempt. Now... That's another thing to me that makes the slam dunk contest so watered down that I feel like guys aren't practicing no more. I felt like guys like they back do then, it they like practice. the week before. Like I'm gonna get a few dunks in on my team, give me some ideas. Yeah, let me let me do this in warm up. No, let me let me listen. All right. It's bad when um Steph Curry could do a bounce um reverse dunk to himself in the game. And I'm seeing guys missing in the slam dunk contest when there's no defense. There's there's nothing. Um but I don't want to spend too much time on that, man. That's that's how that's our wrap up for our top five dunkers of all time. Hey, if you want to debate us, shoot us um a, a message, you know, at Thin Line Between Sports and Hate at Instagram or Thin Line Between Sports and Hate on Twitter. We'll definitely get back to you and you can get back to us with your top five. And I definitely want to hear back from you guys. Um Best player the all star game, I would have to say was that Steph Curry bounce pass, bro. Was it that or was it? I'm going to say that. For me, I'm going to say that. That was. That, I mean, don't that get me wrong. Sweet. That was nice. But if you got to look at that was nice. But you got to look in the stars. You got to look at what's going on. D-way, I know you're not going to say the D-Way alley-oop to LeBron. I mean, it was a given. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It was a given. But I, 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 We knew that was going to happen. That's something we've seen all the time. But I'm sorry. Steph Curry shows why him and the basketball are lovers. You're on... This is, this is the thing about it. We both play ball. You're on the run. Bounce it. So, I mean, pinpoint accurate, bro. I mean, it was coming straight down on the side of the rim. Giannis looked marvelous jumping in the air. Man, that dude looked down at the goal. Yes, like, I was just about to say. The ball had to come up. down to meet his hand. That's how high he jumped. Head That's above him. the rim. Head above the rim. Caught it. There's to me no debate. That was a wonderful. Not only head above the rim. I mean, he had his whole arm basically to the almost. To the yeah, he had the second rib touching the rim. Crazy. Yeah, I, I just so thought that played. 
that that play was was too filthy, man. Um, uh, you know, it's the captain's game. I I'm all when it comes to the All Star game. I'm all about the old um format. Give me the best of the East versus the best of the West. Um, only reason I say this year you can get a pass on that because uh, it would have been too crazy with LeBron, Steph, KD. Uh, I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> the East would have got demolished. You know. Um, what about you, man? You like this captain's format, or you think the uh, East versus the West was the best? Um. Now the way the league is, I wouldn't say East and West. I would, mm. I would, I would say um, the way they're doing it now, just make it a little bit more about put some rivalries on, you know, different teams. Get that type of thing up. You know, you know, you got players that's competing for MVP. Put the bottom two MVPs against the top two MVPs because mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Do some things mm-hmm. like that to where you got some real competition. Because I feel like if Russell Westbrook could have actually had a chance to go at Joel Embiid. I'm expecting him to dunk for him eventually. Mm-hmm. And like I want to see KD versus LeBron. I don't want to see. Yeah, LeBron like LeBron needs to stop LeBron being a, LeBron you, needs you, stop being a bitch and stop picking. Yo, please, thank, you, thank you, thank you. Every year, once I saw LeBron was the captain, I and I told you this. I believe I said it in the podcast when we said it in speaking. I said he's gonna have the same squad he did last year, which he did. It was like, come on, bro. It's it's like the dude that that. When he sees his homie come up, all his homies come to the court finally. And I don't want to play with you guys. I got these guys. But you just wanted with them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just, I mean, he, all he likes to do that is just sitting on the sideline and he got nicks because he's waiting on the best team. Like, he's just putting the best team together. He see people walk in. Man, I know I, I picked you, but now nah, I'm going to run with somebody else. And you and know, when you get on the court and you play them, you bust mm-hmm. their ass and then, you know, get the game one on his stupid ass. Because you, you're, you're trying to make things be more about. <laughs> Who you're bringing to the party instead of I'm able to contribute. They should want to play with me because what I'm able to contribute. And and you know what it feels like too, you know. And I and I said if Giannis makes the same picks as Steph Curry, I'm like this shit is damn near rigged. I'm so I'm there. I, I kind of almost believe it for the simple fact that I don't I don't understand how it was almost damn near the same teams again. And why don't you no? Know, and I'm like, why? Why didn't Giannis pick none of the? You know, I know you like Steph, but you know what? Let's see Steph on the other side. Pick Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Let me see you pick Kyrie on that side. You know, let Kyrie and LeBron go at it. Like you said, more rivalry. Let's see. You know, that would have brought more or have Steph attention and Kyrie to the game. Each other, you know, for what happened in the finals. Like, I mean, they played one on one, but like I said, I want, I'm, like you said, more rivalry. Let's see KD and Kyrie on the same team, and let's see them go at. You know. Steph and LeBron put Steph and LeBron in the same squad, make them play together. I'm I'm tired of this, and this, and this also is another bad narrative. You know, people go, "Oh, you see, LeBron could be an awesome GM." Are you kidding me? There's no cap when you're picking the All Star team. There, right. there's a huge fucking difference. Don't tell me he's going to be a great GM just because. Um, he, 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 there's no cap, there's no luxury tax, there's nothing, and this is an all-star game, there's a freebie, just pick out of a damn hat. That makes you a great GM? Oh, no, I goodness. Think, I, I think what they're, they're trying to say, relationships can make him a great, um... No, man, no, people say that's, that's, that's it, because, I mean, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say, I, I can't say LeBron doesn't have nah, that's, money. that's what I'm reading, bro. I, for the last four or five years. I wish they, they said it like that, but that's not how they're saying it. How I'm reading is... This is what makes LeBron a great. No, that doesn't make him a great GM. Not at all. 
it nowhere near and it does it doesn't make Giannis your great GM either you know well I believe um LeBron will be a a, a good GM I still you know what that still remains to be seen because um I gotta tell people when you get Tristan Thompson money that he doesn't deserve uh just because he's your friend that's a bad business move at the end of the day because bad at the end business of the day, you move. Can't, a great business move for your relationship off the court. That's what you know. That's what I always say. The balance is with the NBA and the NFL. Most of these guys' relationships are really genuine. It's not you know because I play for your team or you know we both play the same sport. I got love for you. You know the NFL. These dudes really don't like each other. They they don't give a damn where they at. I'm not gonna be around them. I'm not doing nothing with them. I don't like them. The NBA and, is you know if you scratch my back, I'll forever be you know scratching your back in a sense. Whatever that may mean. I don't know what you know the extent is of. Tristan and LeBron's relationship, but when LeBron was around, Tristan ain't was not in the headlines that he was in right now. This shit went away quick. He, I don't know that. That's whole nother you know, story. We're not here. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I can feel you on that, but I don't. That's at the end of the day, I feel like it's a business, and it's similar to what we said the other day. You don't get your friends' jobs. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, especially if you know you can't be reliable for them. You don't know that they're gonna mess up. Yeah, I understand what he did for his friend, but business-wise, that was a terrible move. I thought that they could have saved that cap and got somebody better. Um, or even at his height, you trade him. To me, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say this because I'm a big Giants fan, but if I had to run a business, it would be more like, uh, like the Patriots, I hate to say it, because they know when to get rid of you, how much to pay you, and look, that, that, um, that recipe has worked. They are, they are cooking up nothing but success. So somebody can't say, oh, that doesn't work. No, because at the end of the day, they know it's a business. Same thing with Danny Ainge. I th even though I still say grimy-ass move, I couldn't have done that. That's where I draw the line, especially if somebody played and his sister just died and things like that. Danny Ainge said, hey, it's a business at the end of the day. I can understand it. Wouldn't have done that. That's just a little too cutthroat for me. Um, but I guess that's, you know, listen. A true businessman is, is, is listen, it's about, that, it's about that heart. I got to have the heart to do this. Messiah true. Jerry, true. you know, he felt like, you know what? I need a culture change. Um, I don't agree with lying at all. But I guess, hey, they're doing the politics. That must be a great business practice. He lied his ass off to DeRozan. I said, yeah, we'll keep you. A week later, we bring in new balance, you know. So, you know, there are people out there that <laughs> have no just problem. Did you new balance? Yeah, New Balance. <laughs> there are people out there who have no problem making that cutthroat move. So I do understand this. Certain, like I said, certain moves I couldn't make, but I definitely understand. And I'm not getting somebody who doesn't deserve it more money. You know, um, I, I just feel sometimes it's crazy. Like I said, he wants to get Tristan Thompson paid, but you want to get rid of a cat like Kuzma. And I'm sorry, Kuzma is filling it up. Not to um, stray away from the topic, but... You know, certain people you don't give away. Certain, like, I, I don't know. Like I said, to to for him to be a GM, I also think a GM has to have some type of how would I say coaching knowledge. And I always said this is where LeBron, as great as he is, lacks because I'm sorry, he's never had that great coach to direct him. I mean, the closest we had was in Miami because we know Spoelstra was the puppet and Pat Riley was pulling the strings. Uh, but it showed you what could be done because you know what? 
every great band or you know i mean um, you know you need an orchestra i mean you need a um um what they call that um conductor every orchestra needs a conductor you need somebody to say when to do this when to do that somebody who's knowledgeable not telling you you know how to play your game but the best way to play your game and um i feel with kobe mike the greats magic you know bill russ or red Auerbach, these guys had it so if you look at the people who have the multiple championships and things like that a great coaching comes involved. So to me, being the GMs, there's things that collectively you need to have to be a good GM. That's just my opinion on GM yeah. situation. Yeah, if I can you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, he could surprise me. Listen, it happens. For you know, Jason Kidd, who would have thought he was a he was gonna be a great coach? But I'm still I still think he can get a coaching job. I don't care what nobody says. You just need to stop headbutting women, you know, and um <laughs> going to bars and um He's another one chilling with Robert Kraft and them. But uh, did you get to see the celebrity game? <coughs> I did, you know, because Mr. Shuttlesworth was in there. So I had to check out my guy. Yo, I did too, man. Yo, let me ask you something. You know, I, I, and I love this show that we could just talk, you know, just sports, man. Because um, we're both big Ray Allen fans. How do you feel about the way Ray John Rondon and them shunned him? And he's such a, you know, before you go, he's such a classy guy. I mean, and, you know, I have his book, too. I ordered it. I'm going to actually go read it. Um, Ray's such a classy guy. Even if, let's say, you know, he's the type of dude that was to himself in the locker room. People forget at one time Ray Allen was considered on the same level as Kobe Bryant. And these type of players usually are to themselves in the locker room and things like that. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I'm sorry not everybody could be LeBron. But um, I just feel in Boston, man, if it wasn't for Ray, I'm not getting no chips. But um, tell me, I always want to know somebody, and you, since you're a Ray Allen fan, and I, on this show is no bias, let me, tell me what your thoughts are. Um, Me personally, just looking at relationships, I can understand why they were mad at him. But I always feel like uh, Rondo, you know, you're a good player. As far as you look at playoff Rondo, he's a good teammate. But I feel like after, you know, a while, he had more influence over Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, which was shocking to me because throughout their whole career, it seemed like they were in control of their own narrative. But it definitely seemed like it became Rondo's team after uh, Ray Allen left. And he was the best player on that team because everybody was aging. He was His game was getting better. So I feel like everybody respected what he had to say, and he started the whole beef with Ray Allen because they couldn't beat him. Every time they played Miami, they would have good games, but we will always see why they would lose. And it was because either Ray got a lot of threes or Rondo can guard D-Wade. Like, it, it was impossible. <laughs> yeah, that, so, that wasn't so, happening. So, I feel like it was more Rondo's ego that did that. And I feel mm -hmm. like when they cleared up, if I'm Ray Allen, I mean, as a man, we can squash this beef as men. But, hey, moving forward, we just don't fuck with each other. And that's just me and Rondo. Like, I ain't got no problem with KG and um, Paul Pierce because we came in this together. Rondo you wasn't going to be a factor on that team. He wasn't going to be the starting point guard. If he didn't mm -hmm. go do what he needed to do, in training camp, exactly. Thank so I don't understand where the came from with him. Preach, preach, and that's my, my guy. I love brother. Rondo, you know, but you just you gotta have more, you know, uh, learning ability than you have ego. You gotta know when to be, you know, quiet. And you gotta know when to talk. And I feel and like you see more talking than he actually did listen. And you see that, folks and kids, right there, non-biased. He says he's a Rondo fan, but just had to speak the truth, like a Beanie Seagull album, the truth. 
nothing like it. Let me tell you, 100%, when they formed the big three, and remember, it's still the Boston three tea party, whatever. It was still just them three. Rondo was a project, all right? One, two, five, the St. Nick. He was a project. You know, you didn't know he was going to be, and be, and to be honest with you, yes, it, um, he showed after Boston that, hey, you know what? My court vision is good. But let me tell you something. It makes your game a hell of a lot easier when you're playing with three bona fide Hall of Famers. I don't care what nobody says. Definitely. Me and so you could have went out there and got eight assists a night. Easy. You know. Yeah, he could have got better <laughs> if he would just – that team could have won more championships if Rondo wouldn't kick this ego. And I think Ray left because he started to see the ego situation. Not he, only because LeBron yeah. had a better team, but we could see towards the latter end of that season before he left, the team didn't look the same. You know what kills me, man? And I keep arguing with people on the internet about this a lot. Why yeah, are you mad that comments like Kevin like uh Kevin Durant, man? Uh, nah, nah, I don't nah, I'm more real with mine. You know, I don't have no burning accounts. Straight raw. You getting this straight from the line between sports and hate. I don't do no burner accounts. Um here's the thing I tell people. Oh, going to Ray Allen, like you said, Ray was a free agent. Ray was a free agent. Ray also was at the end of his career, you know, as he saw it. Here's so why he can make the best move, LeBron James can't make the best move. LeBron James makes all the best moves. You know, we're going to put an S at the end of that. But I don't understand it's fine. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Ray, to me, and that's what pissed me off, and this is why I dislike Ray Rondo, is because of the attitude and ego. First of all, youngin, you, you're, you're still a youngin. You didn't prove anything. You didn't win no awards. You didn't get rookie of the year. You didn't get nothing. And to be honest... They made your job easier. You know, it's like being born into a rich family. Everything is handed to you. Born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You didn't have to do work. You're not out there like Russell Westbrook, you know, after Kevin Durant left. You have to make it work. You're not one of those point guards. You didn't get to that point until, like, I guess, you know, you was in Chicago or whatever or Pelicans. And he, he didn't even have long stays wherever he was at. You know, he never was the main guy. Like you know, he, throughout his whole he, career, so I, never the ego nut doesn't make sense. Just stop him. He got upset and cried when he got rid of Kendrick Perkins. Oh, oh yeah, somebody who averaged four and two. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna get rid of him. Obviously, another thing was what I didn't like, and this is why I don't like Kevin Garnett. Um, Kevin Garnett was the first one who was joining the Ray John Rondo party that that was trying to slaughter um Ray. I love forget yeah, the it game. Seemed, it seemed fake. It seemed fake. I it's think the, he was just heartbroken because the first, he knew that they were going to win the championship. The first game, Miami versus um Boston, Ray goes to try to shake his hand. He looks at him, turns away. Here's my thing right here, and I'm gonna shut this down right now. You as an athlete, as a model, you want to talk all this for the kids, all that. What did you just show? Unsportsmanlike conduct. So a kid could watch that and say, you know what? I could be mad. I could be petty. I could be childish. That's not what you're supposed to teach as an um, NBA star, as an NBA role model. To me, that was so bad. And people could see that right live on TV. That's not how you're supposed to conduct yourself. Like you say, we always say, keep it classy. I could have shook your hand. We playing ball. I could have shook your hand and said, you know what? I'm going to block all your shots. I can't wait to the, to the tip off. That's how you take your anger and aggression out is on the court. You a diva if you can't do that. Yeah. 
You a diva. The same thing, like I said, I didn't blame Carmelo Anthony for showing up after the game. Because you know what? That showed he was real about it. What showed me Kevin Garnett didn't want to get off the bus was not real about it. That's what that showed me. So that you, you listen, man. All, a lot of people want to smoke, but they ain't ready. Baby lungs. Stop it. And I didn't like that. I do like the fact that Paul Pierce was somewhat neutral. Um, big baby, he he's off and on. I see him. I seen him on the herd. You know, he's a snitch, just pouring out everything. I was just like Jesus, <laughs> telling everything, yo. Know? And um, and when they had the party and stuff like, that, he's the type I seen that you know, hey Ray, when you see Ray, we're all about Ray. Probably say things, hey, you know, Rondo, tell me about this. Then when he's with Rondo, you know, all about Rondo. You no man, just be real, like Paul Pierce, neutral. I think, and what you're saying, like because. Growing, just growing up with where he's from, like knowing the people that where he's from, and like you know the, the attitude. It's, it's not even that he's going back and forth like that. It's like how they look at it is it's like when I'm around you, I'm your friend. When mm. I'm not around you, whoever I'm with, I have to be their friend because I want to be included into both sides, basically. Not in the snitch mm. type of sense, but like I just want to be accepted by everybody type of thing. I, I you know, I, and I can feel that, but I kind of like the Paul Pierce. Kinda, I'm gonna be like, but like. When they ask him, hey, man, don't don't even bring me in it. Because that's the type of dude I am. <clears throat> you know, let's say, you know, it's four people. I'm telling somebody else, and they're like, yeah, man, you know. And, you know, I, I got a problem with something. Hey, man, don't don't bring that up. You know, what you and Slory got, that's between you guys. You handle it out. That's the best way to handle it. No, there I'm is the same no, way, though. Know, I mean, that's, 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 <laughs> as men, that's how you should be. Why that's how you should, you know. And, and that's what I did not like about the whole Boston fiasco. Uh, Ray kept it classy, which is great. Let's say he even let's say you know he was wrong, but the way he conducted himself in the public eye made them look bad to me. Yeah, Ray John Rondo looks like a kid, and even looks worse when he's spitting at people and things like that. I have not a Ray John Rondo fan. Rondo, Rondo is he got a real um, Isaiah type of Thomas, uh, OG Isaiah Thomas without the skill. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the old, you know, without you know, the like, skills, he, he he got that type of like uh, persona about himself ending his career. That's the best way I can say it. Yeah. He's finishing the same way I feel like Isaiah finished, like that bad boy. Type oh, bad boy! Oh, yeah, angry. Yeah, you know what? Now, let's hope. Let's hope he, he don't catch the Carl Malone elbow like Isaiah did, because that's oof. <laughs> that was because listen that that woke his it's ass up. It's gonna be up. the Marcus Cousins elbow. That's where it's gonna be, and that's what's gonna happen. And that's yo, listen, somebody's got to set you straight because you know what? There's always a real goon somewhere, man. Right. There's always somebody that's really, uh, we used to say back in the day, back in the day, bout it, bout it. You know what I mean? It's going to be somebody that wants to smoke all day, every day. You know, like me and you right now, like in the spliff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, not too much on a all-star recap. And uh, we're going to take a little break, take these commercials. And when we come back, man, we're going to talk Robert Kraft and Zion Williamson. Because like Spike Lee said, is it the shoes? And we'll be back. More than line between sports and hate coming at you. Butler, Brown, you know how we do. We get around. And in our last segment, we spoke about All-Star Weekend. We did a little recap. Also gave our top five dunkers, um, our personal opinions. And real quick, I want to give an honorable mention to – um. Harold Minor, Michael Finley, definitely. And uh, these are two guys who, to me, were really good dunkers. And Harold Minor, a.k.a. the nickname Baby Jordan, I never thought he was close to Jordan. But his hops were that good. You know, a lot of people 
the kids don't know about Harold Miner. Played for Miami too. Um, has a suspe- successful business become becoming um I believe a real estate agent. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> and speaking on that, I want I want to change one of mine. I had T Mac and um who else did I have on there? That sounded weird to me. Um, who uh, Sean Kemp, some- Jay Rich. Jay Rich, MJ, Vince. So I'm about to take T Mac off and put Gerald Green on there. If we just speaking on in game dunks and speaking on dunks from the performance. You know what? I was thinking about him earlier today when I was thinking about our segment. I said um he probably had the cleanest windmill off the of alley you and I'm talking about when he played for New Jersey Nets. Oh no, you can't because you know what happened in New Jersey with Vince Carter. You can't say that. No, the reason I say this, man, please go rewind. I said cleanest. Not dunking on nobody. I mean. No, no, no. no. I'm saying I'm, I'm agreeing with you on the windmill. I just think that Vince got a little bit. I'm talking about in, in game. Did you see how high Joe Green was Indeed. on that windmill? He, he probably jumped higher than Vince, but I think the way it was finished. That's – That's – Vince, but Vince it was in, in Toronto and in uh, New Jersey. It's a – Ah, man, I don't know. Joe Green windmill off that alley-oop was so spectacular. Nah, <laughs> um, indeed, indeed. And that – the elevation that man got on there. Shout out. You know what, man? Gerald Green definitely got to go on that list. I got to – somebody has to get removed. Gerald Green definitely has to go on that list. But enough of that. You know, we got to talk a little – we're going to talk a little college because college is very interesting. Very good this year with the whole – you know, there's nothing new that Duke is in it. But what is new, surprisingly – you remember how the days of old Kentucky was getting these one-and-done guys and Duke didn't want to go that route? Coach K finally went that route. I mean, just look at the stars they have on that team. Barrett, Williamson, you know. Um, Jones, Trey Jones. Jones, Trey, Trey, Trey for Trey. <laughs> Trey for Trey. That is, this is to and me. Cam Reddish, because we all know Cam Reddish. Cam, yeah, Cam Reddish can shoot his ass off, too. Another streaky shooter. I did not, I saw a picture of him and LeBron earlier. The mm. dude is almost taller than LeBron. I never knew that. No, that, that kid is athletic, That's, freakishly he's built. Be a bully. He's gonna yeah, be like he's a freakishly built. Yeah, and you know, surprisingly, um, it, it, um, people don't understand. He'll, he'll posterize you too, real quick. Oh, yeah, I've seen he, this man. He, you know, don't don't get it twisted. He he only he just doesn't shoot for a living either. But um, since we're speaking about Duke, you know, we got to go to the you know rivalry game, Duke versus North Carolina, and, and famous words to Spike Lee, is it the shoes? <laughs> because we saw a pair of PG-13s get ripped in half, like, 6.5. Crazy, man. Crazy. What do you think about that? First of all, we all – let me just put this out right there. North Kakalaki won. Petey Pablo, you know what I'm saying? They up there standing up. They did their thing. Roy right. did his thing. But um, what do you think about that That whole, first of all, his the shoe ripping? And then, secondly – Second, I'm see. Yeah, second of all, North Carolina taking the game, taking that dub. First off, with the shoes, I think Nike is going to have to give him his own shoe coming into the draft. That's the only way they can make up for the situation. You damn near took a guy's career away from him because of some bad shoes. And then we can all say it was because how big Zion was and how strong he was. But LeBron is sponsored by Nike, correct? Mm-hmm. I agree. He should have had a pair of those. How many? Up. How, many how many other big name players wore Nike? That were a big size player, shall I say? Mm-hmm. Or, or that, that, that big. I mean, last mm-hmm. episode, Eddie Curry wore Nikes often, right? 
All the time, yeah. Very solid dude. Only one I can't say that we figured out last uh, episode that was in the same in the same light as I am. Sean Kemp, he wore Reeboks because he needed to pump him up. But I feel like Nike has to pay him. They have to either give him a deal for a shoe, or Jay Z and Puma's going to be knocking at this door real soon, and it's going to look real different for the future of the NBA. Maybe on uh, the NBA jersey soon, so you guys look out for that. You know what? You can't disagree with that. New Balance is stepping up. So, yeah, definitely can see that happening. Go ahead. You remember when it was a battle between Adidas, Reeboks, and Nike for a while? Now you can stepping in. And I was also, that thing I sent you earlier about Supreme and Off-White. I feel like Off-White and Supreme may find their way into NBA jersey, maybe just for one particular team, i.e. New York, because of where the creators are and the designs and all that type of stuff. Most of the fashion that we're seeing nowadays, the streetwear is coming from New York style, the Soho type of style. Mm-hmm. So I expect to see them in that type of uh, light soon. Um, I'll end it there as far as the shoes. Zion's a very big player. He got to get something made exactly for his foot, just like Shaq did. I mean, you can't just go put on a pair of shoes that was made for a guard. I mean, yes. Yo, did you see them shoes? Not for nothing. Did you see them shoes like ballerina slippers on them? And then Paul George had to, I mean, I got to respect him because it's his brand, but at the same time, I don't respect him. He had the nerve to wear him to his game the next day. The same exact shoes, like nothing happened. Like, dude, no. You should have issued a statement. You should have said something. Send out a tweet and saying, what's going on, Nike? That's not really benefiting your shoe. And I'm pretty sure they lost a lot of money. From what I saw, the sales dropped about, I think they said 13%, and that was equal to like mm. 1.3 million dollars in losses mm. for that shoe. So that means Paul George's shoes are going to get pulled back off the shelf, correct? Mm, it, it could be. Definitely recall like a bad car with, with break or injury problems. Definitely. Right. Um, so, go ahead, my bad. Bro, um, I know because on the sneaker thing, first of all, I mean, if you come to New York, he's not going to have that problem. We're going to put him in some good pair of Tim's. He's going to be all right. Tim's well, going to break. <laughs> Tim's don't break, Zion. They don't break. Zion's going to hoop in the, in the constructs, man. Shout out to everybody in New York for rocking right now. <laughs> but real talk, yeah, he shouldn't have been in a pair of PG-13s. I understand. You know, and the sad part is from um, – He's been wearing Kyrie and LeBron's on. Why would he switch to PG? And I'm, that's how I know that Brandon is very big. And that's something else we got to probably touch on. I don't want to go too far. But they got to start mm-hmm. playing these players. They gotta start paying these players. Uh, Ooh, Nike's that's a whole different ball game, man. So making people wear these shoes, but they're not getting any station for it. They could have just lost this whole in that one play. What was they do? Was they going? Were they going to give him a LeBron contract? No, because nobody has seen what he's able to do on that level yet. All right, so, before I get into that, that's really true. We just get to the shoe thing. That, that's actually a very good point. Um, interesting topic. As far as the sneaker goes, yeah, he should have been a pair of LeBron's um, PG-13s. We've seen them come out. It, it really looked like, you know, Not, um, like, like a similar it looked like beach. Kobe's it looked like um, water water slippers. You know what I'm saying? The things you put on real quick, you come out the beach and you start walking to the showers real quick to rinse off. It looked like that. It, it really looked bad. I've seen Crocs that look, that look stronger on people. That was really terrible. Um, I feel bad. Thank God nothing happened to him. Very strong guy. You know, nothing happened to that knee, thank God. You know, just a little sprain. I don't um, agree with the massives and the narrative now that he should sit out for the rest of the season. I don't Absolutely either. I think not. He sit out maybe a week or two. March Madness. Yeah, get yourself. Yeah, get yourself together. Nobody's and rushing be ready you back. For March Madness because we need. As yeah, a, we as don't. A, as, a, as a Duke fan, 
you know, that's one thing I want to touch on, too, about the North Carolina game. I want to get a little bit in-depth about that because these North Carolina fans are hilarious to me. You won a game because I, I energy guy, I start playing lost. But I like North Carolina, but I'm a hardcore Syracuse fan. But I do like North Cacalacchi. I respect them. Got to respect I respect Duke. them a lot. Respect Duke, Duke as well. Respect the rivalry a lot. Who's a uh, who's an avid North Carolina fan and has been for years. And he he showed me something that I didn't believe. North Carolina and Duke are not as similar as they used to be back in the day. Duke is top recruiting class or top two Oh, yeah, definitely. Since oh. 2013. And as a Duke fan, I did not know that because of the way guys have performed. So he's, oh, he was definitely right when he sent me those facts. But yeah, I you got to remember they had guys like Jaleel Okafor, Jabari Parker and them. Um, also, you got to think about where North Carolina, where were they at? Um, teams like Michigan, Spartan, and, you know, Michigan State Spartans has always been up there with Tom Izzo and them. Um, Always a great recruiting um college team, and we gotta remember that. Yeah, um, if you want to throw him in there, uh, Fred, yeah, Fred yeah, but I'm just talking about recruiting. Just talking about recruiting. Um, what you call it, Kentucky? They stepped up their game tremendous. Remember, Kentucky was was running college for a good, like, solid. I want to say what Calipari had them recruiting running shit wise, for like yeah, seven years. I mean, they, they were never recruiting the championship. I think they got you one know? championship when Nathan Davis was there. One championship, but you got to think about the talent that they were bringing to the NBA. Guys were making, you know, good impacts, athletic guys, guys that were getting every, more stardom from, and PR. Uh, Hold up, real quick. Kentucky, they said Michael Kilgitris was a superstar. But I'm just saying, guys, if you compare the timeline, like I said, uh, Jaleel Okafor to who was playing at that time for Kentucky, let's say we could say um, Carl Anthony Towns or someone, none of them got the PR. Even though Duke was up there, because Duke wasn't winning all the time either, Duke was up there, those guys still wasn't getting the PR as stardom coming out of college that Kentucky was getting. I was out there for Indeed. a little bit. Calipari Indeed. was – he had them, them boys doing it. And let's not forget also – Kansas was popping too for a minute. Kansas produced some good um some um guards as well. So, you know, you got to think of why North Carolina took a step down. Can you name me somebody fire that's in the league right now, or at least not even in the let's say in the league right now, and they don't even have to be good, but came in with the Carl Anthony Towns of a Kentucky or even Duke starter. Can you give me somebody like that from North Carolina? Where did Jamal Murray come from? Jamal Murray wasn't um. I don't Carolina? believe so. – I don't – oh, man, don't give me the line, man. You know my memory stuff. Uh, the last oh. person I remember that was decent, but I don't think he did anything league-wise. Don't tell me Marvin Williams. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was, I was going to say uh, Harrison Barnes. He was the biggest bust to come out of uh, UNC in a long time. He yeah. He was number one player in high school and came in the NBA. I mean, he had, what, but, one good season? Yeah, but Harrison Barnes still didn't have the popularity of a lot of these other guys coming out of the college. Number one player in the country when he came to North when Carolina. He, when he, he came. Mr. Oliver. No, no, I said coming to North Carolina. I said coming to the NBA. Coming to the nah, NBA. That's well, that's you know, that's what I'm saying. Coming to the NBA. Harrison Barnes, I hate to say, was kind of a sleeper. And be real with you, I think he had, he had stayed in Golden State and developed better. You see, that's the thing, man. His development, real quick, I don't want to sidetrack. A guy like, and this goes back to what I said earlier in one of my podcasts about organization. His development really stopped when Mark Jackson left, and Steve Kerr didn't know how to continue that. Thus, look how his career went. Because you can't tell me somebody like that with all that potential can score at damn near well. All of a sudden now he's like a, a he's a shell of himself. And I hate to say that because the kid is, is not even um, 28, 26, 25. I'm like, come on. 
Are you kidding me? You understand what I'm saying? Nah, goes, indeed, indeed, indeed. Development is a big thing. When you draft these guys, and, and I'm going to say this right now, if Zion Williamson is not in the Knicks' plans or fit, and let's say R.J. Barrett is, I'm not going to be mad as long as they have a, um, a solid plan. For the simple fact is you need to also draft to your needs. I understand people say draft the best player, blah, blah, blah. You can always trade them. But what if it doesn't work out like that? Why can't you just draft to your needs? If the Knicks had did that I get oh, a few times, we'd have had some, we could have had a Jason Tatum. We could have had Stephen Curry. We could have had Dennis Smith Jr. We could have had Emmanuel Mude if they didn't want Porzingis. You know what I'm saying? It, you could have had people, but you mess up, you go for stardom or you go for whatever's hot, whatever's clever at the moment, and it doesn't work out. For example, prime example, Cleveland Cavaliers should have never signed Anthony Bennett. He was just not for them. You understand what I'm saying? Indeed. He, no, I definitely get what you mean. Organization that is not for development. Thank God Kyle Sexton has something in his repertoire already where, you know what, he has the hunger, he has the skills. Now it's up to him to produce. He doesn't necessarily need an organization to guide him like a Fidelity commercial with the green arrow to show him where to go. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He had, you know, these guys, some of these guys don't want this. So this draft is going to be rich. That's why draft time is always interesting. The, and because, I've you been know? telling you for a couple weeks, the guy that everybody needs to watch out for is not Zion. You need to watch out for John Morant coming from Morris. Oh, Lake. John Morant. So no, and nobody's, you know what? They speak about him, but it, like they don't speak about him. Like that kid so they, is going to be mean, a beast. Draft, big boys, like I said, it's, it's going back and forth between him and RJ at number two. And you also got to think about, um, um, which color was gonna say? Um, damn man, oh, if you can lost my train of thought, damn it, <laughs> lost my damn train of thought, man. Oh, who we also talking about? The youngest ball brother. And listen, yes. they weren't talking about Zion. Listen, me and you both agree this kid has a higher ceiling. They're both his. He is both his brothers combined. He can shoot Indeed. like Jello. He can shoot. He can he handle the, the ball like Lonzo. And he's a defender. Yep, and but the thing is, he's aggressive. He's a, he is aggressive. I watch this kid play. Sometimes you see somebody get the best of him. He's pissed off. He wants to rock back at his hand. And he's going to show you, nah, you, I'm not having that. Everywhere I go is my house. And I like that attitude. That's that Russell Westbrook type of attitude. Now, there are your silent killers like Kawhi. But we, we don't have a lot of those like that. But um, Jello. He was a silent killer coming out of college. He was a what? silent killer indeed. Would you have like to see Jello? I mean, was I mean not just what's the uh, Mello actually Mello actually go to college and follow in the UCLA footsteps, or you think he would have been better suited for another college um basketball? From what I, from what I from what I've been reading, he's not really getting a lot of offers. Offers I seen him from um, um Kansas and um, Arizona State, and me honestly thinking I think Kansas like, uh, is a good I feel, pick. I don't I don't know if Rip Pitino is still. Doing anything in Louisville, but when it comes to guard play, he produces some of the best guards. I feel like Sebastian Telfair would have went to Louisville instead of going straight to the league. He would have had a totally different uh, outlook of the NBA. He wouldn't have been out so quick. So much talent, so much talent. But Kansas, Kansas with Lamelo would be scary because he would be controlling their team and they're already yeah. building. Remember, team. man, they've had some great guards, man. Um. Even though we call him Mr. Glass, but um, Brandon Knight, if I'm not mistaken, was from Kansas, right? Yeah, and uh, I can't remember uh, other guys' names. Uh, Frank something the third. He was he was pretty decent too. 
Brandon Knight was was a was a beast. Um, in college, what happened in NBA? Kyrie took uh, a solo. Yeah, the Jordan baptized. Oh, then, oh god! <laughs> but you know what? I wasn't too big on that dump because I'm like, that's what he was supposed to do. DeAndre Jordan. And he was feet. already in the air. Yeah, yeah, and that was another. Hey, that, thank you. I'm glad you agree with me, brother. I've said that plenty of times. He, excuse me, he asked for that. He shouldn't have jumped. Like this man was already on the moon. The 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 the, the, the rocket took off already. Yeah, you you don't think like how Kevin Love and uh, Demar Derozan came out with them battling mental health. And we can actually we look back at their play. I look at Demar Derozan right now. He's not really performing at the level that he was in Toronto. And I'm thinking mental health has a lot to do with that. You know, somebody talking down on you, building this type of negative uh, image in your mind of yourself. I think that's what happened to Brandon Knight. After Kyrie took his soul in the Rising Stars game, his his play started to decline heavily. He stopped getting rotation for Phoenix a lot. Yeah, so I, I, and I he was supposed to do to something, too. Yeah, he was supposed to do something. Remember, they had, that, they had to me a nice little young core squad. They had Wait, him and Wesley, my, my Wesley bad, my Johnson. Bad that was Detroit he was playing for when he got dumped on. My apologies. Oh yeah, Detroit. Yeah, but um, Phoenix too. He was supposed to be good with Wesley Johnson, but never that never came into fruition. And that was done. Sad, but um, definitely mental health, as we now seeing, especially it's coming out more. How can I say in this younger generation? Uh, you got Markel Fultz, for example. Um, it's a big thing, man. You you understand? Um. It, it's not easy. College is easier because you know what? The coach is there. The coach in college and the coach in the NBA, totally two different. totally different fathers. Unless you unless you play for Bobby Knight. That's yeah. be the same. Unless you play for Bobby, then you, you built for the NBA already. But that, that's done. They're not having that no more. You know, that, that is done in college. That is no more of that. So it's two totally different fathers, especially now nowadays a lot of coaches – um, especially you got to think about it, man. Let's keep it real. A lot of these plays come from stricken poverty, urban areas, you know, if you want to say the ghetto, whatever you want to call it. Um, so a lot of them, you know, got a lot of clicks on them early. Yeah. You know, don't listen to become a, a decent start. If people knows around the city, mm-hmm. you know, they done been through things, probably don't have fathers and stuff. A lot of times the coach think about is it too, the Jabari father Parker, figure. Jabari Parker hasn't really amounted to what he was supposed to be. You can, absolutely. To be absolutely not. Players, but you can see that he, he gets in his head during games. It does. You can see he's another one. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't, Oh, I'm, we could take it back actually to, for example, I'm going to give you a big, big thing. Um, Lamar Oda, man. And, mm. I'll never forget the interview when they traded him and he was on the Stephen A. Smith show. This was on back when he had the show. I believe it was quite frankly was what they yeah, called it. Um, and that man was boo-hooing. I mean, seriously in tears. I mean, hurt that the Lakers traded him because you know what? He had a home there. You know, players like Kobe, LeBron, I mean, Kobe, Mike, and now we're starting to see with LeBron, they, they aren't that friendly. I mean, no, they aren't that friendly. They don't have that many friends. People think Mike was mad tight with Pippen. No, he was actually closer to Ron Harper. Right. Same thing when Ron Harper came to Lakers. Kobe mentored him. It wasn't Kobe and Shaq. Kobe's actually close to the. He was very close to Lamar Odom. That was his boy. We were talking about uh, what's his name? Um, 
Guys, was the, the three point shooter guy that got uh, all the rings that LeBron got? LeBron brought James Jones. LeBron brought him. In oh, James way. Jones. Yeah, that's his. Look at that. That's his dude. It, you know, as good as as much. Yeah, it is. You know, he does have the rarity, which he is friends with superstars such as D Wade and them, but they didn't play on the same team. As you can see, he's not tight with Kyrie, Kevin Love, but for example, like you said, he's close with James Jones. You know what I'm saying? So you got to understand, him and Kobe were really tight, and that man was really crying. And it actually poured out his soul. It was like he was hurt. And Lamar Odom was never the same. A lot of the people don't think about that, but he was never the same. And now, look, a few years back, the man almost died in the brothel with a, a concoction of drugs, you know, and everything like that. You, This is somebody who, you know... Was I mean, before, com, coming coming out of high school, him and Ron Artest were the biggest names coming out of East Coast. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, they were two of the illest players coming out during that time. And don't forget, in the Clippers, he also had struggled a little bit with drugs. They had suspended him, things like that. Uh, came back. Lamar Odom, hell of a talent. Rare you see somebody, to me, and I'm going to be real with you, I thought he could have been better than Pippen because his 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 court vision was there. Better defender could play all positions. You couldn't leave you him think to me. Lamar was a better defender than Scotty. Ah, hell yeah, because he could defend more position. He defended the I, big better. He, defend he defended the big better. You talking about a good on, on ball defender? Oh, uh, he was. You know why I say that? Because Lamar was a little stronger, and Lamar could handle a big man better than Scotty. And that's yeah, why so I, mean, I can say, six you know, with a wingspan of a big man. So I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yo, and he had a book could also guard your point guard. Could also bring the ball up. Had great handle. I mean, they called him. He man, was the first. He was the first real point forward. If we think about it. Yeah, and they called him out. Never forget the name they had. I was watching ESPN. They called back in the day the transformer. Told about he could transform to anything you need. That was crazy. That was a hard. That's a good name. That's right. somebody there. You don't have like that a, a lot. I mean, LeBron. Is he listen? LeBron is very good. Can play all positions. LeBron cannot defend all positions. I'm not I'm not saying Lamar Odom's LeBron like nowhere near, but just saying how good Lamar Lamar Odom was and how the type of the caliber of players. There's not that many of them. I I can't. I'm trying to think of who could be like I, the only one a I Lamar can think of Odom. right now. And it's exactly. my to Triple J is uh Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis. He can pass the ball. He can play defense. He can go out five positions, and he can bang the three from the corner. Yes, so, he can. The only problem is he's not. His IQ nowhere near. That's yeah, that's not, what not separates yeah, Lamar yeah. Odom. Lamar Odom IQ. That man could facilitate the ball as well as any top guard in the league. And to me, that's what made him so good. You know, could you know? Yeah, you know, not the you know. Yeah, could shoot and stuff like that. Like I said, slightly better than Scotty, but not too much better. I'm not gonna say he shot lights out. Um, but Lamar, especially with Lamar, the first, like you said, when he first came into the league, man, that's that's the hottest thing since Frank Hot Sauce, man. Yeah, you know, so it it, it goes, and that goes. You know what's crazy though? Katino Mobley, real quick, let me get your thoughts on something. And I know we're sidetracked, but this is how good conversations go a lot of time, fellas and and ladies. As uh, Katino Mobley spoke earlier on the Jason Whitlock show, and you know. This actually goes actually into a topic we want to speak about real quick, and that's LeBron James talking about his teammates. You know, he's not happy and things like that. And you know, <laughs> Katino Mobley is one of those LeBron, as we as we call them, Bron sexuals. He's definitely Kobe head. You guys, I'm gonna send you the video. It's actually funny as hell. But um, Katino Mobley was like, um, uh, you know, with this whole losing thing, and um, 
it was like he doesn't blame LeBron and these guys got to get it together, sort of like that. And um, basically, give to me, giving him every excuse in the world and say, you know what, at this stage in his career, he's mentally, you know, fatigued and tired and things like that. And he gave a comparison to when Kobe was in, in L.A. Um, you know, when he called Paul Gasol the white, the black swan, not the white swan, whatever it was. I forgot how it went. And, you know, Phil Jackson punching uh, Paul Gasol in the chest during the practice or whatever. Here's my thing with this real quick, and I'm going to let you get a take on this. I think LeBron is totally wrong about his comments. I'm going to tell you why real quick. Number one, you had no problem sitting back watching everybody get traded from one man, right? Especially the young core. They are very young, right? You just got here. Similar to how Kyrie felt when he got and when Kyrie was just handed the keys to the city, and all of a sudden LeBron comes, there's no mas. So these guys already had to take the back seat. Then they're about to get traded. Even Magic Johnson knew he had to do something because he flew out to Philadelphia after the trade deadline to talk to these guys to make sure their mental was right. That goes to show you that, you know what, their psyche right now, very sensitive. So for you to do that, it's not good. You're three games out of the um, eighth spot because right now, even though the Clippers got rid of Tobias Harris, they are cooking right now with Lou Williams dropping 30 off the bench, but that's another topic. Thing is, you know, and to, like Tina Mobley wants to compare the Kobe Bryant thing. That is a bad comparison. Kobe Bryant had a right to be mad because, you know what, he had veterans. He had Lamar Odell, Paul Gasol, Derek Fisher, these, um, um, Ronald Tess, these guys were the veterans. veterans. All right? They already knew what the hell they were supposed to do. So, you know what? If you come to work, if you we've been working together, you already been working at the same company, different um headquarters, and we work together, you already know the job, you've been on there, I shouldn't have to tell you. There's a difference. These are young kids right now, and their psyche is going back and forth. And to be honest, you know, Jason Weatherlock actually had a very good point, and I don't agree with him a lot, but he actually had a very good point. LeBron wants to talk about guys, basketball being a main game and everything else, but you're doing talk shows, you're filming movies, you're doing this, you're setting this up. So how can you say basketball should be their main thing, but it isn't yours? Let's be real. You came to L.A., you know, yeah, you want to win the championship, but the real expectations is your career after basketball, and that's Hollywood, which I'm not – listen, I'm not going to knock you. Make your money after your career as well, too. But let's listen, man. This is the pot calling the kettle black. You know, you got to be a leader, not a doer. What's your What's your thoughts, man? Uh, we going all the way in on the whole LeBron thing. I'm going to just piggyback off what, you, what uh, Woodlock was saying. Woodlock's right in his wrong. And I say that because if we look at mm-hmm. star players towards the latter part of their careers, we got to look at how did they perform. Were they actually team players or were they individual players? And most guys, even Kobe and Mike, when they were even to the point of their retirement, they were still individual players. I feel like that's the thing that makes them all be the same player. They, LeBron's probably the most giving that's that's a good point he's probably that's the good most point. giving of all of, of all the players when i say giving, of I mean, course yeah because when he first came to the lakers he gave all all the uh young guys new iphones you know not saying that he needed to do that or that was amazing because they could have bought their own iphone 30 times over in the nba but the fact that he did something like that to have camaraderie and bring them together that makes me look at the whole statement about he's only focused about um after 
he retires type of thing. He's not only focused on that, but I do feel like he's at a 60-40 split right now because the way the team has been performing. But if you look at mm. him and Kyle Kuzma, him and Kyle Kuzma are bonded. Um, the other night in that, in that tough loss they had, him and Kyle Kuzma said the same thing. Guys are playing with no effort. And Kyle Kuzma said that before LeBron made his statement. So they let me know that his maturity is growing. So when you do get a oh, no, he's, 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 wing, that's, he's a gunner. He's a gunner, boy. Right, but you, you know got to be willing to be a gunner, gunner, man. That's the main thing. You Because he so has be that say, Kobe. Take he's got the Kobe in him, bro. He's got the mama mentality. You think Ingram has that aggressiveness? You know that. You know, no. no. Lonzo doesn't have it either. Kuzma has it, which Kuzma has no problem chucking up 20 shots a game because you know what? He's trying to get better, do better. So you know what? He's going to learn. And the only way he's going to learn is by throwing up shots, taking shots, seeing what he do, seeing what he can't do. Now, he's terrible on defense because I don't see him get torched too many times. But Oh, yeah, definitely will. It, it, but whew, one-on-one, boy, Kuzma looks like a um, – Looks like a, a a cap you spin like on the floor. My goodness. Like. Ooh, Jesus. Um, Ingram, listen, twenty nine points um last night, and get you'll probably get tonight two, one. I'm no, I'm joking about that. Two, probably eight. Uh, the thing also what kills you with Ingram, as as long as you you should be defending. If Javale McGee is probably a few inches taller than you. Maybe a few pounds heavier, heavier than you because you're both walking broomsticks in the paint. You should be doing Dr. something Melvin, more active. I know you've seen that video of LeBron. I mean, well, like, a, little, a little, a little, but he still, you know, he still was always a skinny guy, but you know what? He gave effort. That's why JaVale McGee, no matter how many times he was on Shaq and the Fool, teams had no problem because you know what? He had he had the athleticism. You just needed to put him in the right system, which I which Golden State perfectly did. Even though, you know, they made him better, he's still a clumsy klutz. But you know what? He gives effort. He's a, he's That's he's all you have to do. Now. I can give him that. He wasn't at first. No, in, in Washington, he was getting blocks and but stuff he like wasn't that. Like, problem, I'm not even saying, like, just blocking shots. Stopping plays completely. Because he could he, defense is ridiculous now. It was much better. But you know what? It wasn't that he didn't give effort. He didn't have – I will say this. In Golden State, that made it better. They slowed it down. They made him better. He understands the game better. And now that he's with LeBron, and LeBron's a good teacher, he'll be he'll understand the game even better. I like like his, his upsides were always there, but he did silly things. But what you expect? Where was he in Washington? How good is that organization? Let's be real, right now they haven't hung a banner since since uh what's his name um Willis was the last banner I believe they hung up for him for and that Bro. was when they were still the Bullets. So yeah, they haven't had any. <laughs> Remember that name? People, a lot of people don't know about that. The Washington Bullets, woman nuke boat. You know it's crazy, man. That's where, um, that's where a little fun fact. That's where Bernard King ended up going after his knee injury. Yep. Um, his last his last All Star game was actually with the Washington Bullets. He had a great year that year, but after that, it was nowhere to be found. Fun fact number two thousand five. But um, yeah. So, but what about uh, okay? So you say. You disagree and you um, agree. So what about this right here? You said, um, you know, he bought everybody iPhones and things like that. But isn't that also kind of like, you know, real talk, flip-flop, flaky? You buy me an iPhone and then next week you talk about me when, when, when I pick up a call? 
or you pissed off at me. You can't at the same time. I mean, but bro, we gotta be. Dance. We gotta be real. We gotta just just to say it right here. And like, I'm 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 not like the biggest LeBron fan. Like, I love. I think LeBron's the better of the of the three. I always say I always say that I'm gonna stick with that. But I feel like people are more on LeBron because what he was able to do coming straight out of high school. He has had the biggest following of any sports player ever. Probably next to Bo Jackson, he has the, had the biggest following since he was in middle school, damn near. And you, ex- we expect so much out of him that we expect him to react a certain way. We expect him to be this certain type of man, but you got to understand something. When a person's getting older, they're getting tired of certain things. We all know our, you know, our older uncles, our older um, family members, it's the same exact thing. When they get older, they're not going to tell you more than once to do something. If you don't do it, cool. I just don't mess with you. I'm not going to expect you to do something. And I feel like that's what LeBron is getting. Same way that Kobe was. That's a good comparison. When he was, when he was, when he was chewing Smush Parker out because Smush Parker never improved. But you got a guy like, um, what was his name? He came out of college with uh, Nick, with Nick Young. He came there. He was bought. Jordan Foreman. Jordan Foreman was what oh, Farmer was Smush Parker to be because he listened and he applied what he told him. But it was also happen. effort too, though. But real talk, though, you can't compare Smush Parker to any of the three that's on the Lakers. That's, I mean, come on, bro. Smush Parker's not even Josh Hart. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but I'm saying he's he's close to Jordan Former more than he's close you know, to him. That's what I'm trying to say. So you gotta, I mean, I understand you what you're saying, but um, I mean, similar story. I, I I get what point you're saying. You know, both at the you know, but the thing, the thing I would say, Kobe more at the tail end of his career. Um, Kobe didn't have the whole, he could play up until he's 40 like this. Um, LeBron has put the narrative that I'm Superman and this is on him and the media that, you know, he is so invincible that he can be, he can be, you know, he, he can live up to the Tom Brady, like Tom Brady said, I could play like this until I'm like 45. I don't think he'll play at the level until he's 40-something, but I do feel no. like he will still play until he's 40 <clears throat> because he wants to play with his son. He well, yeah, he'll do that. One season in against or with his son. So, I mean, just my, my point I'm trying to make about the whole LeBron narrative is you're, most of the things people say about LeBron they're correct about, but you got to look at him too. You can only compare him to two other players that ever came through the league, and they got criticism the same way, but it hasn't been as harsh. LeBron is the most hated player in basketball history. We're being real. Well, you know what? And that's, well, only, you because know what? He, that's be... only because he loved Cleveland. If we, if he never loved Cleveland, most people that don't like LeBron will still love him like crazy right now. It, it would have. But you know what? That's another interesting thing I want to say. Um, here's the thing, though. In Cleveland, to me, last um, the last season – I actually think their squad was worse than what he has now. These guys have high ceilings. They have, they are good. But you know what? Like I said, I don't believe this is right just because of the timing. I'm not saying he can't do this. But you got to understand, this is still fresh off the trade deadline with these guys. You bought me an iPhone, and guess what? Just to tell me bye, send me a snap to say, hey, I'm trading you for everybody, even Kuzma. Everybody was going to go. But you know what? And I actually think to some degree, like I said, magic flew out. So if the, if the president is saying, I got to get these guys' minds right, and that's that's saying a lot. That, and that's what I'm saying. If magic can see that, I feel LeBron okay. should see that. But okay. this is look, not – but to your – hold on. Hold on. To your – real quick. To your, hold on. To your – no, because I'm agree, I'm agree with you too, real quick. But to your defense, because I also said this too. 
If you look at if you look at Mike, was not the friendliest guy in the locker room. Remember, Kobe I mean, he was, was the not most the friendliest player in basketball. That's what I'm saying. Was not the friendly. Exactly, Kobe was not the friendliest guy in the locker room. So I'm not too mad at LeBron as as well. I'm not coming down so so harsh. I just don't think it was the right timing. I'm gonna say that. But at the same time, yeah, I understand. I, I don't, I don't want to say more of an age thing because you know what? At the end of the day, you know what situation you was getting in your, yourself into. This is not the East. I think if this was the East Coast, this team would be in the top three in the Eastern Conference. With ease. But and this that's, isn't. That's what, and that's what's and this is the West. And, and he's now understanding that, you know what? Those streaks you thought that you could go on. Remember, you spent your whole career in the East Coast. This is the West Coast where the worst team is, as in the last probably 10 years, the worst, I mean, not, not the worst team, but let's say the 10th seed in the whole Western Conference probably has probably had a better record than the 60. Exactly what I was going to say. Thank you very much. Exactly what I was going to say. So this is a different beast. Yes, because I I called it actually, which is great with the noble man. We got to get him back on the show. Shout outs to him. Um, Also, yeah. Also, man, getting married, getting the hitch, man. I saw that ring, but um, we had a little bet. He owes me. Um, he definitely owes me some soda. (laughs) And I told him we had we had sleepers right before the season started, and I told him Sacramento was my sleeper. I said, Sacramento, I believe, could be the seventh or eighth seed. And so far, my predict because you know what? Darion Fox, I was listening to him, watching him. That man over the summer worked on his game, his jump shot, worked on what he the needed to work on. Over the summer. That's what I can say about this unit. If you look at his game. That too, man. And then with the addition of Marvin Bagley, oh, my God, now he's healthy. Mr. Look out. Look out for Sacramento. Let's let's. I'm telling you, man. Hey, listen, hey, man. Hey, look. We gotta, you know, shout out to the guy who just got traded out here to Houston, uh, Mon Shump, But we gotta give him a lot of respect. He rejuvenated his career and he led those guys. And he became they became the Sacramento scores. They weren't the Sacramento yes, anymore. Yes, he did. And he he has had some phenomenal games. I don't know who these guys. Yeah, didn't he have a 40 season? point game? Um, a few a few weeks back or a week ago. Yeah, 40 point game. I think. Um, he shot the lights out from three point land. I mean. Hey, a guy like that is going to have that. Um, I give Iman this. You know, this usually happens to a lot of guys who um, who lose their they athleticism. Thank God they work on their jump shot. I just wish if they had worked on that early in their career, they would have preserved their knees. Exactly. They would have preserved their knees. Still would have been banging it on people. Um, as a lot of guys, like they got Gerald Green, um, realized that. Um, at a young age, but at the same time, this man Hops hasn't gone nowhere. He's 33, 34 years old. Well, he's his Hops are going to go anywhere. <laughs> you got to look at the type of player that is. All he was known for, even in middle school, he was dunking on people, bro. Like, he came out of high school out of Houston. I mean, I know Texas is a, is a basketball and football place that people think of, but at the time, there weren't too many players coming out of high school, especially from Texas. So, you got to look at that, too. He, he, he did the right things with his body. And then him having to take some time off in the league, you know, like he he wasn't getting picked up by anybody. Well, that too, yeah, you got to think about that too. He has in. They put a chip on his shoulder, so. Still, guys, I mean, thirty four, still getting up, head above the rim, head above the rim, still, man. Like we've seen the greatness of LeBron, like his dunks, his hops aren't even up there no more, you know, like that. Um, we seen, I've seen Carmelo Anthony get blocked viciously. I seen Carmelo Anthony get blocked by the rim in Oklahoma City. Yeah, viciously trying to get. Yeah, oh, trying, thought he had a dunk off vert. And this is the same man I saw in Denver 
who I thought actually in his earlier in his career was just a little, little chunky, more athletic, but a little more chunky. I saw him catch an alley-oop dunk and bang it all in Yao Ming. So, um, hops do go. Even Michael Jordan, you know, VC, his prolonged for a long time. But I actually think Gerald Green, if he actually stayed to the age of, of VC, I, and he has, he looks like he has that frame where he's not going to get fat at all. I think his hops would just still be crazy. He'll still be dunking on people at age 50. Oh, third. <laughs> no, that'd, be, that'd be probably time probably wouldn't agree with us on that one, but I mean, in basketball theory, possibly. And, you know, basketball is, is just crazy. I mean, listen, Julius Irvin showed at the age, I think he's, what, 64, 63? He, he did a dunk, I think, last year. Yeah, he, you know, he, he barely, but he still did a dunk. Ran up there. Yeah, if you dunk, look at Michael, said, he tried to dunk in his camp a couple of years back. <laughs> My boy's been eating too many steaks. <laughs> oh, yeah, that gut is big. Uh, you know what? He like your uncle at Col- the cookout now. Where the he, do with, uh, uh, he do it with the, the, with the cigar in his mouth, too. <laughs> the boot cut, cigar in his mouth. He talking shit about his old days when he was the best player around the state. I don't see Kobe getting that in that shape for no times, no Kobe time soon. I saw. Shape. I don't think Kobe will ever ever get in that shape because he's just a gym rat. I think he's like turned on by the gym in a sense. Like, yeah, he is, man. I've seen. Did you see T Mac? Oh, so T Mac in a, a picture in a uniform, like a jersey, recently. Yeah, he was playing in uh, some celebrity game I saw, and he was going crazy on a guy. But yeah, T Mac still in shape, definitely. Nah, man. No, I'm saying, nah. I'm saying upper body. Now that good is gonna be there regardless. I'm talking about. That him, got, he still got. He still got. You can tell he's still doing some bench pressing. Yeah. Yep. And so is the stomach too. <laughs> he, he got the Kanye yeah. West body. All chest. No yeah. Stomach. Paul Pierce getting fat up. Chauncey. Oh, these guys. But you know what, man? Listen. All these years, you got to you know be in shape. You know, had injuries. You had to work out harder. I'd be fat too, man. I, I'd be I'd be looking like Antoine Walker too, man. Look like a big ass Swiss roll. That's all that, man. I'm enjoying myself, bro. That's what it's about, man. You don't worked hard, and if you were smart Snow enough, was, you kept your money. Eric Snow was the worst one. Remember that picture I sent you, Eric Snow? Oh man, Eric. No, Eric Snow looked like he went through something, bro. And eating was the only thing that sat, that helped him out. <laughs> Straight up, like just just eating ice cream and watching Maury all day. Walker's so, nice. What's his go-to? Yeah, so, uh, while watching, more, you know, it's just like he's like one burger away from diabetes. It looked like that with that picture, bro. That shit was crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can't wait, though. We got also, man, March Madness coming up real soon, man. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about March Madness. Man. I got to talk about what everybody is uh, not looking at, and that's those LSU Tigers. Um, yeah, they're, they're, like you said, they're killing it. Um, it's shocking. I'll tell you the, um, I think it was the AP polls. They only have them in seventh place, but like you said, they just got that good win this weekend. I was hoping they, they should drop to the top five. That's what I thought they were going to They're going to be scary, man, Tennessee when it comes ball. time to dance, man. Because in the knockout they, Tennessee like that, probably because it wasn't a big, like, blowout. It came out on free throws, but still, you gotta get those. Still, that's a good game to win. You, you could, you take, you go home happy on the bus with that dub. Indeed, indeed, you, def- you definitely do. They're, um, they go- they're gonna be scary in the dance. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going with, uh, with this year. Believe it or not, man. I, uh, you know what? No, I can't because they're not healthy no more. 
before Nick Ward and um I forgot his name. Uh, I believe that center got hurt. Michigan State was looking scary. Yeah, they were. They were for a while. They were, Michigan State was looking scary, and that was going to be my pick. But um, injuries has has derailed them. You know, it's funny that um, we talk about sleepers and things like that. Um, everybody thinks the clear favorite is is Duke, but the problem is you lose. You have that one night off. And you lose to the wrong team. Like they shouldn't have lost to me to Gonzaga. Shouldn't have lost. That was one of those 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 games. I was just like, how? And um, I still believe those Zion went down. Still should have lost North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. You have you have the star power. You really you have, have the top, a good top, core. Top fifty players from their uh, recruit from their uh, high school class on that team. Get, in the can you real quick? Can you say? And I I know this is always going to get mentioned when you talk about a group of guys. Can you compare them to the Michigan Wolverines with the Fat Five? No. And the only reason I say that is because Chris Webber did not have the athleticism that Zion had. And then you got to look mm. at Cam Reddish and look at Jalen Rose. Who's the yeah? Best? I was just thinking that. Oh, um, Reddish without a doubt. Right. So for Jalen Rose to say that they would beat them, he's out of his fucking mind. RJ I thought Barry he was crazy himself, too when he said that. RJ Barrett by himself will kill Reggie Jackson. One on one, he will murder. Without uh, problems, boy, would would he murder? And Jayla Rose, man, and like he to me would be the only. But Jawan Howard, would good be defense. Worry about. Yeah, Jawan, because you know what it was, and a lot of people don't give Jawan. But you know what, Jawan get himself out the league. Jawan Howard. And a lot of people don't know this. And please go back, young kids, and watch this on YouTube. Very nice turnaround, J for a big man. Very fluid, can shoot. Great footwork. Would put beautiful footwork. Um, can rebound. Was a walking double double. Um, at, in his earlier careers, definitely would bang it on you. Um, could pass too. Knew when to give it up. The problem was um, effort. Um, you, you guys will hear that word a lot from me. Effort because it, it says a lot. His effort died out, and then he ended up raping Eddie Curry's bank account. Did you know about that? No, nah, I didn't know nothing about him with Eddie Curry. What happened with him? Okay, so when um, real quick, when um, I guess you had to be in New York. This was definitely in the papers. Uh, when Eddie Curry, this is the time when they both were on our team, uh, when Eddie Curry was having you know issues with, with money and stuff like that, I believe it, um, with his agent and things like that, they were looking into um, – when his money was going to, apparently he had he had given he had owed, he owed Jawan Howard some absurd amount like like fifteen million dollars or some wild shit what like the that. Fuck? Um, How it was a very high number. I we don't How know you, what I, it I, was. I can, I can understand the um who was it? Look uh, it up the Michael on Google. Who was Michael Jordan about <laughs> to get killed? J, uh, Jamal Crawford, the fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, something like that from from gambling. Yeah, I yeah, that, yeah. But, but again, fifteen million in debt with your teammate. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm throwing out an astronomical. You know what? It's it's not the exact number. It's the astronomical number. I know it was. Actually, could have been more. It could be a little less, but I know it was some astronomical number. But it was you saying it was it was at least a mil or higher. Oh, definite, definite. And and me and my homie was talking about. We was like, what the hell does he owe a grown man? Forgot what it was. He must Um, must took care of him for a few years. Why they want to say? I think I think so. Borrowed money or something like that. But whatever it was, Eddie Curry was bad at handling money. But it was just it was just crazy, man. The shit that you find out from guys, man. Remember, Eddie Curry was getting paid, man. 
Um, you know, throwback team too. I think I'm gonna start that segment. I think you know every week we're gonna talk about a nice or every once a month a nice throwback team because Chicago at that time when they had Eddie Curry, Marcus Pfizer, Tyson Chandler, Jamal Crawford, they were filthy. Kurt Heinrich, they should have been monsters. But yet, and, oh, but yet and st- oh, Eddie Robinson. Let's not forget about Eddie Robinson. I, mean, I bet you a lot of people don't even know about Eddie Robinson. But um, that team never did better than, like, 12th seed. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Never did better than 12th seed. I mean, like, 11th seed. They were terrible. Every freaking year. And they had talent on them. Yeah. You can, people can't tell me Tyson Chandler from Dallas, New York, is who, is who they thought he was going to be in his early careers in Chicago. People were laughing at him. He was almost, you know, I'm not going to say JaVale McGee. You know, he did he did sometimes good things and shit like that. But at times,
day I drove back home, six hour drive, six and a half. Before I left, I stopped by and see my nigga 21 in the studio. Yeah, two of his kids with him right in the studio, that's when I knew. Stand up nigga, I love seeing shit like that. Question. How many faking they streams, getting they plays from machines? I can see behind the smoking members, niggas ain't really big as they seem. I never say anything, everybody got their thing. Some niggas make millions, other niggas make memes. I'm on a money routine, I don't want smoke, I want cream. I don't want no more comparisons, this is a marathon. And I'm aware I've been playing a bet from a lack of promotions. I never was one for the bragging and boasting. I guess I was hoping the music would speak for itself, but the people want everything else. Okay, no problem, I show up on every one album. You know what the outcome will be. I'm betting a thousand, it's got to the point that these rappers don't even like rapping with me. Fuck it, come my nigga 21 Savage just hit me and told me he sent me a spot. On a new record he got, he call it a lot. I open my book and I jot. Pray for Takashi, they want to rap. I picture him inside a cell on the cot. Flattening on how he made it to the top. Wondering if it was worth it or not. I pray for my kill, cause they Fucked up a shot, just want you to know that you got it, my nigga. Though I never met you, I know that you special and that the Lord bless you. Don't doubt it, my nigga. Then it's Madrid, stay solid, my nigga. I'm on a tangent, not how I planned it. I had some fans that hopped in a band shit when they thought that I wasn't gon' pan. Now I got a plan. They say the success is the greatest revenge. Tell all your friends, call on a mission, submitting the spot is the greatest that did it before it all ends, nigga. How much money you got? A lot. How many problems you got? A lot. How many people done doubted you? A lot. Left you out to rot? A lot. How many pray that you flaw? A lot. How many lawyers you got? A lot. How many times you got shot? A lot. How many niggas you shot? A lot. How many times did you ride? A lot. How many niggas done died? A lot. How many times did you cheat? A lot. How many times did you lie? A lot. How many times did she leave? A lot. How many times did she cry? A lot. How many chances she done gave you? Fuck around with these thighs?